May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Thanksgiving has always been a funny holiday in my life, and there are lots of things to say about Thanksgiving, but I've noticed how its meaning for me has shifted through the years. As a child growing up in Virginia, it was an opportunity to correct wrong history. Um, As you know, uh, the colony at Jamestown in 1607 long predates the Pilgrims at Plymouth. And so while you were probably learning about the Pilgrims in Squanto, we were celebrating the real story of the prophet-seeking colonists at Jamestown and their thanksgiving there. In fact, I learned as a young child that uh, when you talked about the Mayflower, you talked about it in terms of the greatest naval disaster in history. How do you aim the Mayflower at Virginia and end up in Plymouth Bay? Well, that's what happened. And as I got older, of course, the family tradition of going around the table and saying what we're thankful for. And as a child, I was thankful for my family, of course, but also for the little things in life. And as I get older, Thanksgiving takes on a little more of a bittersweet quality to it. Uh, We know that as life uh, goes on, the hardness of it becomes more of a reality to us. As time goes on, those Thanksgiving meals are certainly marked by blessing, but it's hard for us to forget that they're marked by people's absence of loved ones who are no longer around the table or the hardships that we have experienced throughout the year. And yes, grateful to God for all the blessings that He has bestowed upon us, but also mindful of the hardness of life. And it is in that the reality of life Those hard moments, those things that are hard to come to grips with, that though we are thankful, we struggle. And in those moments, we seek out the grace and consolation of Jesus Christ. And for me, that's what Thanksgiving is about. But I often feel like those in our passage this morning from John chapter 6 who are seeking after Jesus. Jesus has just performed an incredible miracle. He's fed 5,000 with just a boy's bag lunch. It's very rare that I do this, but we have a wonderful stained glass window there, uh, the second moving forward on the lectern side of the church, and that's the feeding of the 5,000. And every eye is on Jesus in this great miracle, except for two. Philip, who has kind of blown it because Jesus put it on him to find the bag, to find food for everyone, but he looked to his own resources. Uh, But the other face that is not looking at Jesus, the little boy who has just had his bag lunch stolen by the disciples. And his face is buried in his mother's apron. A very uh, good window to look at. And everybody is thinking, this is an incredible miracle. Here we are on the other side of the Sea of Galilee where there's really nothing there, which is why getting food was so hard. And Jesus has fed them with a boy's bag lunch. And in the night, the disciples cross back over the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum where Peter and some of the others are from. And Jesus meets them there. Well, those who had been fed were also looking for Jesus. Because if you remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000... There were leftovers. 
He gave them dinner. How about breakfast? We know you have leftovers in the boat, and surely if you could feed us dinner, you could feed us breakfast. And they seek him to fill their bellies. To be honest, I seek Jesus to fill my belly. I look to him for my everyday need. Indeed, I pray that he would give me this day daily bread. And yet often in life, what I think I need and what I really need are two different things. And Thanksgiving reminds me of that. Reminds me of the blessings of this life that God has bestowed upon me. It puts life into perspective. And yes, people still today seek Jesus for a number of reasons. Some seek Jesus as a band-aid or an aspirin. Lord, I'm in a little bit of a fix. If you could just give me a little bit of help, that would be great. I just need a little bit of something. Time and time again, I've had people come into my study who have said, uh, I feel like uh, my life is far gone, uh, my marriage is on the rocks, and I need some sort of intervention from the outside. And I normally then ask the question, well, have you called the lawyers? And when the answer is yes, I think six months ago would have been helpful. And yet now they seek Jesus as a sort of aspirin, a band-aid. And yet Jesus is still there to seek and save that which is lost. Some people seek Jesus as an option, among many, to hedge their bets spiritually. And some seek Jesus as a life coach. Lord, I don't need rescue. I just need a little bit of help. And if you could just offer me a little bit of help, a little helpful hint for living... That would be great. And yet, those of us who have sought Jesus out for those reasons know that that is food that perishes. It's not lasting. We seek out Jesus as a sort of spiritual vending machine. And what happens more often than life, God makes us aware of those things that we idolize. One of the most vivid examples of this is from Genesis, where God says to, uh, says, Take your son, your only son Isaac, this is to Abraham, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. At Thanksgiving, I often think of those things that are vitally important to me, what I think are my deepest needs. And in some cases, those things are taken away from us. And the pain is agonizing. And here God tells Abraham to give up the most important thing in his life. The thing that he holds the dearest. His only son. And as the author of Hebrews tells us, even so... By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Though Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered then, Abraham considered then, that God was able to even raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, 
he did receive him back. That is the food that endures. Putting our trust in Jesus Christ in the hardness of life, not just supplying our everyday need from from food and shelter, which He covers us. He cares so much for the birds of the field and even clothes the lilies of the field. How much more does He care for you, those whom He numbers, even the hairs of your head? And yet, even in your deepest disappointments and agonies, God Himself, through Jesus, enters into those open wounds and begins to do a great work in them. What is it to do the work of God? Jesus answers the question. This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. That is what I am grateful for. That Jesus doesn't come to give us ten steps to happier and healthier living. But God himself comes into the difficulty and the hardness and often the ugliness of life. And he comes to redeem it and to set it right. So that no trial or tribulation in this life can ever separate us from the love of God. Those of us who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those of us who know the hardship of life, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. If you've experienced the hardness of life, you know what it means to thirst and to hunger. Have you ever, probably not, very few of us have ever experienced the feeling of nearly dying of hunger Or suffering from thirst. But if you have, you know that there is nothing that will ever keep you from trying to satisfy it. And that is where we are spiritually. That we are constantly striving after that which is going to satisfy our hunger. That which is going to satisfy our thirst. We are looking for a balm to heal our broken lives. And yet here is Jesus saying... I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. For me, in the midst of the bitter sweetness that is thanksgiving, I look to him who is true bread, who is able to satisfy my hunger, who is able to satisfy my thirst. And so, in the midst of the joy that thanksgiving can be for the little things in life that God has bestowed upon us, for those who are reminded of the difficulty of life at this time of year, that we would look to Him who has come into the world, and that we might give thanks for the great work that He has done on the hard wood of the cross, and coming and saving and redeeming this broken world. Thanks be to God for Jesus, our Redeemer. Amen.